now we're back for another back. week, another we're episode. Back. Yeah. What are we? Uh, now, first of all, first of all, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's been busy. Mm-hmm. Um, this project is taking up a bit of time, <laughs> but it's sick. Yeah. And I think we're putting in the work now, and we're building the systems. Nothing's easy when you begin them. Yep. Um, but it gets easier. So. And also you get better. Yeah, you get better and it gets easier mm. because you, you, you get the ideas in place. Yeah. But right now I feel like we're just wading in the mud, <laughs> trying to, yeah, trying to, to make it all work. Do you know, it's funny because like I was thinking about this the other day, when I first started podcasting, which was what, been 2020, yeah, when COVID happened, no one really cared for video on podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to just sit down and like talk and record. But now because everyone's upped their game, the expectation is now that you need to also have like video and the audio has to be top notch. Otherwise people just won't listen. So yeah. in the midst of like starting this one, it's so much more work because I've actually never had the systems that we're trying to put into place to make yeah. this the best it possibly can, possibly can be. Yeah. So it's all just a process that we're both kind of like learning <laughs> literally as we go. Um, We've got help too. We've got good people around us that are helping us. So. Shout out to Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Ward. Because he's a gun. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I mean, we've said it so many times before. Every time you start, you start something new. It's like it's new. You're not gonna know what to do straight off the bat. Yeah. yeah. Figuring it out. Figuring it out. But uh, yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm likewise busy. Uh, lots of like different projects pulling me in different directions, and all of them are so out of my comfort zone and like extent of knowledge that I have for each thing. So again, I'm having to learn on the job <laughs> for every part of my life at the moment. <laughs> Um, but I'm really enjoying everything that I'm doing at the moment. I was actually saying to someone this morning, this is, I feel like this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. Fuck yes. You know? We like, love that. I just, I literally will sit there having coffee, wanting to cry. Cause I'm like, I just, I'm so happy with my life right now. And that's the end of the episode, guys. And we're done. <laughs> Another episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mom cried. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just, it's nice. It's nice to finally be in a place where I'm like, Everything that I'm doing fully aligns with where I want to be and the person that I want to become. So, yeah, it's just really, I don't know. I'm just content. Like, if you gave me a million dollars tomorrow, I'd be like, cool. Thank you. Yeah. But, For like, million dollars. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> money's it. Money's hard to come by sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I'm just like, it wouldn't, like, I say this lightly, it wouldn't change too much, but it wouldn't change a lot internally for me at the moment. We'd probably get better equipment. <laughs> we probably have a podcast studio. That's probably the difference, yeah. the difference it makes. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. I'm just enjoying everything in my life at the moment. I love it. I love it. Well, today we want to talk about that one time yoga saved my life. Might be a bit heavy. Um, but yeah. I don't know this story. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is an interesting is. one. Yeah. Yeah. So should I just send it. Get into it. How long have you been practicing yoga for? So yoga started for me from basically my housemate 
shout out to George Fallor. He's, mm-hmm. he's a myotherapist. He started studying myotherapy and then we went to a myotherapist together, like separately, but to the same guy. Mm-hmm. He introduced me to this guy and this myotherapist goes to me, oh, you can heal your own body by doing yoga. And I'm like, interesting. Um, also cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah yeah so we so he he was like i'm taking these yin classes and i thought screw it i'll give it a go Mm. so i I started doing these yin classes and this would have been maybe 2018 oh wow yeah a while ago Mm. so i started doing these yin classes and i was like i'd never sat in a stretch for longer than 20 seconds and then Mm -hmm. to sit in these like hip openers for minutes Mm. it was like a lot it was it was yeah, it was, it was something completely different. And I was like, this is great. And I felt wonderful. And then I kind of dropped off and went every now and again, but the door had opened and I've always been, I've been pretty spiritual and like been looking into different ways to mm-hmm. approach my body. For example, I just bought a red light therapy light. So every morning now. Um, Amazon must love you. No, this is on Marketplace. Oh. So it's a 600 watt red light and it's a big panel. <laughs> And you basically sit in front of it for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning. And apparently, it's really good for you. So, we'll, we'll chuck some stuff in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to do that all the time at Wellness Studio here in Geelong. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. got one in my room. Yeah. Um, and I woke up this morning. We're going to dive old shit. But I woke up this morning and I was really tired. I like had a pretty shitty sleep. Um, and I'm like, I wonder if what happens if I just go to the light and shine my face on it. So, the first like minute, I'm just like... <laughs> And I felt like I got it got me up like yeah. straight away. So I think I've, I think it's a good purchase. Um, but anyway, so I've been interested in different things. Um, the yoga and the meditation kind of go hand in hand yeah. in a little bit. And I was meditating, so I yeah I was open to it. I didn't really ever do like a vinyasa. I didn't do any like flow or anything. And I basically let it go for a while. But then come 2019, I'd gone through a pretty rough breakup. Mm -hmm. Um, It shook me to the core. Like I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot to that, but basically it hit a bunch of childhood triggers that I didn't even know existed, like four or five key triggers at the one time. Yeah. Like failure, rejection, um, you know, like someone knowing you and not wanting that, you know, like a lot of, and then just like things going wrong based on my decisions, like a lot, just a lot of different pieces just at once hit me in the face (laughs) and it just, it rocked me. And there was like a six months window of time where I just couldn't shake this, Mm -hmm. this funk. Like I'm talking like, really really dark um i was like extremely anxious i was ruminating constantly and then i would be like looping the same fucking conversations the same ideas be like what if i do this and maybe this if i do this this will change and maybe you know she'll be with me again if i if i like oh if i only had said this at this moment and it would have made the difference but the reality was none of it fucking would have made any difference it's done it was yeah but like that was where I was at. So I was like trying to play out all of these narratives in my head 
and I, like I was so anxious and I was so sad and then the anxiety and the sadness would spiral so I wouldn't sleep mm-hmm. and I would be lying there thinking and then I wouldn't sleep and then I would wake up the next day even more sad and even more anxious because of not being able to sleep and then that, this, this was just like vicious loop yeah and the, the the solution I got to was I'm like the only way out of this is to end my life that's the only solution that's like and I was like holy shit that's not me this is a rough I must be in a very bad like there was another version of me that was like Hmm. <laughs> interesting logic <laughs> and then there was like the depressed me and then there was this like other me that was like alright <laughs> it was like alright I get why you're like I get why other people like like the spiral now I've never experienced the spiraling loop and like yeah. what would lead you to that those kind of thoughts but it did. Mm-hmm. And there were a few moments where I was genuinely like, wow, genuinely like I could jump off this balcony yeah. or I could swerve my car into an oncar. Like it was, it was like, I never did any of them, yeah. but the fact that just to have that, even those thoughts was full on. And it was a place I'd never been before. Were you scared? I was just tired mm-hmm. and I was sad. And I was like, I didn't see a solution. I was just, there was just a cloud on me 24 seven. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm not drinking. I'm like eating well. I'm trying to exercise. I'm like reading books. I'm doing all the things. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like it's not making any difference. Yeah. It was, it was, I guess. Yeah. Now it was a bit scary because it was scary because I didn't know whether I would ever come out of it. So I, the reason why I asked if you were scared was because, like, listening to you, I feel like I went through a very, very almost identical thing when my relationship ended. And my relationship was seven and a half years. So a big chunk of my teenage – it's all I knew. Yeah. Like, to be with someone from 15 till you're, like, 20, like, two or whatever – that's a massive like chunk. Where you, those are the years where you're trying to like figure shit out and like going out and experiencing stuff. I was so consumed in this relationship, and I would have similar thoughts. And it got to a point where I started to scare myself because I actually didn't know what I was capable of. What do you mean? Of doing to myself? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because I'd already attempted so many things. Yeah. So. For me, it got to a point where I was like, holy shit, like no one could hurt me as much as I actually can hurt myself. And so when I think about that experience for me, like my rock bottom was real, like was like staring at myself being like the only like person that's actually going to destroy you is you. Mm. So you either like sort sort yourself out because no one's going to save you. No one's going to help you. Well, no one can help you. Yeah, exactly. This is the hard part. That's right. Like everyone would love to, but like, what do they even do? No oh, one absolutely. can do anything. Absolutely. I, didn't, I wouldn't have listened to anything. It's funny because I can't remember what episode you asked that question. Like what, what, like what did I need to hear at that age or stage mm. when I was going through things? I don't think like anything. Like you, you wouldn't have been able to tell me at any point like – just go and speak to this person. And trust me, like my family did. They tried to like get me to go talk to people and stuff. 
But I think when you're just like in that space, um, there's this thing of like nobody actually understands what I'm going through. And to be dead honest with you, nobody really fucking does understand. You can to an extent, yes, and you can show empathy, but no one's actually experiencing everything you're going through and everything you're feeling at once. Mm. Like no one's ever going to be able to experience that through your eyes, through your body, through your lens. Mm. So I always get very cautious when people talk to me about that sort of stuff and like, oh, what do I do? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you need right now. If you need someone to just listen, mm. I'm there. That's awesome. But unless you actually want to be the person who pulls the trigger to change, I can't, I can't help you. Like if you don't want to change. Yeah. I can't make the changes for you. A lot of it, though, isn't necessarily... In that state of, like, pain, it isn't necessarily change. It's just, like... Little things. Li- it's yeah. just, like, survival. <laughs> it's literally yeah, yeah, survival. I know. I know. Um, yeah, I... Well, I'll, sh- I'll continue and then we can talk, talk come back to that. The, um, the next step was, you know, we're doing everything right, like, trying to do everything right, like, really drinking, you know, just understanding that the journaling just literally everything meditating like and it felt like none of it was making a difference um but in deep down it was it was just a real matter of time Mm -hmm. like it was very hard to see that those those things going on like the work that was going in at that time was probably some of the most important work. Like being in that pain was one of the most important things that I had to do. Um, But, but this is where yoga came in. So I'm at this, like I'm at rock bottom. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I'll do anything at this point. Like, and for whatever reason, Oh, that's right. I went to go to a yin class and there was a week free. So it was one of those like oh, yeah. upstate, yeah, so yeah. shout out to upstate yoga, absolute legends. Um, we've got Gail, one of the founders, coming on. Oh, you don't want to spoil it for people. Fuck. <laughs> well, anyway, Gail's coming on. <laughs> <laughs> He's new to this. <laughs> Why? It's like pre announcement. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Okay, anyway, disregard everything I just said. <laughs> I need one of those clickers, you know, like the, like the men in black. Just continue with your story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I was at Upstate and I go to do a yin class and they're like, oh, it's free. The whole week's free. Mm. Here, have a free thing. And I was like, all right, mm. what else can I do? And then I looked at the weeks and there was this like hot flow. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but all right, let's, let's, let's try that. And then I went and I did it. And I'd never done it before and it was like, so I was super awkward at it and I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. Um, and it was hot and I'm not good with the heat. So I was like sweating like a pig. Um, and this was like this, this time period where all my thoughts were looping and looping and looping and looping and I couldn't break it. I would just play the same shit over and over again in my head. And I get to about 30, 35 minutes into this class and for the first time in probably a few months, I'm like, wait. Hmm? <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> so dramatic. It was a dramatic moment. I remember vividly, I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> 
Where is it all going? Just holding Wario one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing though. Yeah, yeah it was that. great. And then I um, got out of the class and it was back. <laughs> and but but it was back. But then I had this little moment where um, <clears throat> now people talk about a runner's high. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I'm not a runner. I don't really like running. I did run a marathon, but I fucking hate running. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But so, and like going to the gym, I wouldn't get that just like that feeling of endorphins. It would never come that like to me when I was, when I was doing any exercise. Uh, so, but I got this runner's high. So yoga, this, this experience of yoga, like a shut my brain off for some reason. And then B gave me a runner's high afterwards. And it was like the first moment where I like felt nice mm-hmm. in that whole period. So I just fucking dove into it and I was going like five, six days a week. I was just sent it and I will like, and it, it just slowly helped alongside everything. It just gave me those little moments of breaks yeah. and those moments where I could just like, I would know that at some point, whatever was going on in my day, however I was feeling that day. At some point in that class, it would shut off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I dove into it. And then from there, it began to help as another piece of the healing and another part of the work. And I started beginning to get to, like, figure out my body a little bit more. And, you know, like, it would hurt to sit in child's pose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's you meant to be asleep at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is really tight on the hips. So, but again, it like it, it improved. Um, so yeah. And so basically to the lead into this one, like maybe I would have been fine, but maybe it would have taken an extra year or who knows. But this, this approach to movement and breath allowed me to heal and allowed me a break that I'd never felt before and gave me some energy that I'd never felt before. And since then I've fallen in love with it. And it's been something I've tried to do every other day since like some days I'm four or five days a week. Other days I'm 10 minutes in the morning. Other days I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it twice a week and I'm tying into like calisthenics, bodyweight training, but it's, it's a piece of me that now will never leave. Yeah. And I'm such a big proponent for it. And I'm just like, to anyone, come to yoga, come join me. Like, oh, it, it's amazing. And, and some people are like, oh, I don't really like it. It's too slow. And then I'm like, well, if it feels too slow to you, then you probably need more. That's it. That's <laughs> so, what they say about meditation as well. When you think you don't need it, that's absolutely when you need it the most. Yeah. Because if it's too slow, then you're with your thoughts. And if you're with your thoughts, then there's some work to do. And if you can't be comfortable with your thoughts and you can't be slow, mm-hmm. what's up? Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, which people don't like to hear. Never. No. <laughs> so. It's really yeah. funny because, like, when I was going through my breakup as well, one of my friends literally said to me, "You should just come and do like Pilates and yoga." I was like, "Oh fuck off!" Like, that's <laughs> fucking help me. Like, I'm literally at my wit's end. I, I've, I did the same thing. I did the journaling. I did the you know trying to meditate, all that. And she's like, "Just come to a class." And it was actually at Upstate as well. Uh. Um, and the very first class that I went and did, she finally got me to go. Um, I think it was like a Monday night or something. Um, my ex walked in the door. <laughs> so the whole time, like, I'm trying to be zen. I'm trying to like 
start this whole new chapter of my life and the problem walks through the door. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. Um, but then I got obsessed with it as well. And I, I started off with Pilates first and then I moved into yoga. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it becomes such a core foundation. I, like I haven't, to be honest and completely transparent, I haven't done yoga in so long and I feel hmm. like my body is like aching for it now Yeah. because especially like hot yoga and like what it can just do, especially if you're doing weights and stuff, it's such a good like balancing component. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really noticing now that I'm not doing it, how much like I Tied crave up. it. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I like, I want it for mind, body and like soul. Basically. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's so funny. Like they're kind of like on <laughs> weird parallel lines. <laughs> <laughs> Are you me? <laughs> I don't know at this point. We're getting, we're getting, yeah, it's getting weird. But, um, there, uh, and this ties into like the mental health element. So, you know, I guess I would say like if, you know, if anyone is thinking about doing it, just give it a crack. Even if you feel awkward, I was an, I was an, all over the shop. It, mm-hmm. it didn't, like it didn't look graceful in any way. I barely look graceful you now. You look like a gazelle, just like. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, but I, but sticking with it and giving it a red hot crack and like maybe giving it a month or doing it one of those challenges or just fifteen minutes in the morning or something. It'll make a big difference. Like I'm way more flexible now. Like I'm more in tune with my body. Another huge thing that I noticed was, especially in the hot rooms, um, you get to this point in your in your in the class or in your kind of movement where it gets hard, and there's this feeling of discomfort that we run away from, <clears throat> and we talk about discomfort all the time, um, but you get into this like hot position. It's like you're sweating at this point. You're like in whatever like movement that it's in or you're in a hold and you get that little feeling of agitation. You're like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. But then the, the, the technique is like breathe through it, work through it, just like feel into it. Make sure that you're never breathing through your mouth, breathe through your nose the whole time, even when you're uncomfortable and you want to be like heavy breathing, you want to be labored, don't. Control it and see what happens. <clears throat> and I've noticed that going into my life. So now it's, I don't even think about it, but it's like my breath has become integrated into my stress management. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's come purely from yoga. So, like, I'll be, say, I'm in traffic or like I'm in a high stress situation in my car. I'll, and I feel my body, my body like rising up with stress and anxiety. I'll just go like, and I'll be in the car with people sometimes and they'll be like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm like that was, no, that was automatic. Like this is just integrated yeah. now. And being able to default to your breath and breathe in moments of stress and discomfort is so, so, so fucking powerful. Crazy. It's crazy. It's not a heap. You don't need to do heap. Yeah. But you need you, you need to like train your mind and your body to interact in that way and yoga allows you to. This form of yoga allows you to. Yeah, it's the same thing with like I've spoken about it briefly on um here, like when I did the trek in Nepal and that physical challenge of like pushing my body in a way that you know, it's just walking. It's mm-hmm. not it wasn't strenuous but with altitude and everything. 
the uh, level of attention and focus that I had to put into my body and almost like it felt like I had to actually get my mind and my body to connect for the very first time ever. And I think yoga does a very, very simple, that is the whole practice of it is it, it combines the two meditation. Yeah. Right. And it becomes one, like it's not a, like it shouldn't be disjointed, but having that attention and that focus gave me the clarity. Like I remember walking and as soon as it got hard, I noticed myself first, first the talk that I was telling myself was, this is hard. This is shit. Fuck. Why did I say yes to this? Um, I think, I think my chest is hurting. I think my head is hurting. My legs are sore. Over time I started going, you know what, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. This is what you signed up for. Like choose your hard. You chose this. You wanted to push yourself. And I remember I got to a point where I started noticing how I was speaking to myself and I was literally like activating parts of my body. (laughs) I'd be walking and I was like, if someone had a microphone in my head, you see how I was talking. I was like, no, I was like, okay, legs, we got this. (laughs) That's literally how I was talking. Like, and arms, how are you feeling? Shoulders, are you good? Like, we got this. Like, and you know what? I still do it now. It fucking works. As I still, silly as it sounds. Dude, seriously, I still do it now at the gym. Like, mm. if I'm holding a plank or something, I'm like, all right, you got 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you can do this. Like, you know what? And I realize like, I just, I make it fun in my head. Therefore, it doesn't suck as much. Like, yeah. yes, it's hard. I get that. That's why I'm fucking lifting these weights. Like, I get it. But... Yeah, and then I just think like everything is just how you speak to yourself, you know, because and then like you said, that what you learned about yourself in yoga trickles into other areas, aspects of your life. It's all integrated. It's the same principles. It's just how you apply it in every area. Yeah. Um, It's funny you say that. I have got this similar thing that I've been using when I'm like, you know, when you go through waves, say you're at the gym or you're in a situation and you, you might feel a bit stressed or you feel like you shouldn't be in this situation or you shouldn't be doing something. I don't know about you, but I'm always like, ah, oh, I'm doing one thing, but I feel like I should be doing something else. And I'll always have this like feeling of anxiety and stress about not doing that something else. Mm-hmm. And there's these two things that, have, that I've started to say to myself that it's as simple and as ridiculous as they sound are actually beginning to like bring my default level of anxiety and stress down. Mm-hmm. But when I just say them to myself and or like motivation up, <clears throat> like let's say I'm at the gym and I'm just like not feeling it. I can't be bothered. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, why am I wasting my time? I want to just go home, blah, blah, blah. I just go and I stop and I go, I just loop. I'm here because I want to be. I'm here because I love it. Even if I'm, it's a lie mm, mm, at that moment. Mm. And I just keep going. I'm here because I want to be. I'm here because I love it. I'm here because I want to be. I'm here because I love it. And that's, and I just keep saying that. Yeah. And eventually I get into a zone again. It happens pretty much every single time now. Um, and then the other thing I have now forgotten. So don't worry. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll contribute to something that I use I and that. I do. Oh, go? <laughs> yeah. the, other, the, other, <laughs> the other one is like, let's just say I've, I've gone out for dinner and maybe I could spend another two hours of work before bed, but I've chosen to go out for dinner. Um, and then I'm feeling stressed about it. I'm saying to myself, Adam, this is what you chose. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy it because you've chosen this. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's forced you to be here. Yes, there's pros and cons to it, but you have chosen this. And I'm just like, now I just say, if I'm feeling a little bit stressed or overwhelmed and I'm in a position where I am, but I want to be doing something else or I feel like I should be doing something else, 
I say that to myself a few times. You've chosen this, Adam, you've chosen this. And it said, it seems to bring it down a little bit. And it's like my mind just goes, oh yeah, well we're here. So yeah. One thing I do um, when it comes to, like you said, if you're at the gym or something, you're like, ugh, like why am I here? I always make these mental like footnotes of how I'm feeling post things. Mm. So a gym, for example, or like a run, if I do a four or five, six K run or whatever, like doing it sometimes sucks, but I love the feeling afterwards and no shit. Every single time I've done a solid session, like a really good one, I'm like, just remember it's it's the mindfulness thing though i do like a body scan i'm like how does this feel like Mm. you feel like you've worked out hard you can feel like the blood pulsing in your body like this Mm. is a sick feeling like this is what you want to feel when you work out so the next time that i'm like at the gym and i'm like i'm so tired right now i just want to go home i'm like yeah but remember that feeling of like when you're done Mm. the feeling of accomplishment but also the actual physical feeling of you know done a really good workout yeah so that's a really good thing I think I've gotten better at doing as well. Yeah. There's a fine line I'm trying to work out as well. as like pushing yourself because your mind's stopping you or pushing or like overdoing it and hurting yourself. It's a fine line. Like I, th- I think the moment you can feel those different pains in your body oh, where you're like, hmm, probably shouldn't push through this one. And like knowing those, the way your body feels and accepting that is a really strong thing as well. And that, again, comes into doing yoga, knowing how your body moves and trying to pull your ego away from it and just being okay with what is in that moment. Yeah. I think that's something that I, not just in like physical workouts and stuff, but I've had to like learn to balance out a lot more is um, like my whole thing and it still is but like it used to be at the forefront of everything was like consistency like you just have to do it to stay consistent even if you hate it you still got to stay consistent Mm. that can apply to some situations but i found myself going through these things where i was pushing myself physically when i knew i shouldn't be Mm. but because i said to myself five days a week you're going to run you are going to run five days a week because if you don't you're going to let yourself down and if you let yourself down, that's going to shoot you. Like, these are the conversations I'm having in Did my head. Did that help? Did it work? Like, what would you do? Would you continue that, that thought process? Or? So now I wouldn't. Now I wouldn't because there's almost like a new scan that I do and questions that I ask when I find myself going down that kind of, like, why am I actually pushing myself? Mm. It's different when I was training for like a 10K run. Okay. I set myself a goal at the very start. I wanted to do five minute Ks. Um, for 10, like I wanted to get under 50 minutes. Like Mm. that was my goal. And I was so like focused on it. So I trained properly for it. I was running three times a week, doing them consistently, like on the same days all the time. And that felt good for me because I knew there was a start date and there was an end date. Like this Mm. wasn't going to be a forever thing. You had 10 weeks to do this. Um, and that was, that, that was sweet. But before that, there would be times where I'd be trying to put myself through like, you know, whatever weight challenges or whatnot. And it'd get to a point where I would start physically injuring myself and I'd be saying, well, nope, like bad luck. You've got to do yeah. still three days a week or five days a week of this, 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 this. Um, I don't do that anymore because I actually sit, I sit with myself now a lot more than I used to mm. and will literally, and I think meditation's helped me a lot for that 
because in those meditations I actually do like mental check-ins with my body and like how I'm feeling or if I'm really tired and I haven't slept enough that week like I will miss a um, gym session but then I do find myself still at war with myself because Mm. my head is going well you fucked it up yeah but it's like well fucked up what like what did I actually fuck up you know but I think it's that whole expectation from when I was a kid that was either placed on me and that's how I grew to place ridiculous expectations on myself because there was always something expected of me yeah so I always felt like I had to live up to something or to someone's mm-hmm. expectations. Now I feel like at 27, I'm starting to finally learn what I'm actually trying to live up to and what, who that's for. Who are you trying? So what are you trying to live up to and who are you living up to for? Right. Two, four? <laughs> Six, eight. I think it's different for like every area of my life, but I think a big guiding light for me is um, like... I know it's been overused and an overkill, but like my inner child is like the the expectations I'm trying to live up to and the person that I'm choosing to become. Like the question I always ask myself is like, would I want to be my friend is the person I am now and the person that I'm choosing to become. Well, no one wants to be your friend. (laughs) Well, I'm fucking, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what? My friend actually last night said something really, she kind of just said it. And then I was sitting there going, holy shit, that's like really profound. But she said, um, she was like, who are you too busy trying to be or something like that along those lines? Basically what she meant was, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up in um, this idea of who we're excelling and trying to become that we forget the person that to get there, you have to be the person that you are right now. Who is that person? Like when you're too busy being something else, you're forgetting to just be. And I was like. Hmm. I feel like I've gotten better at that, but I do remember a stage in my life where it was just like this constant chase. I was constantly chasing something mm-hmm. or someone. Um, but now it's like, I don't know. I just find myself through yoga and through meditation and through those moments of discomfort where I'd have to sit with myself and just be absolutely fucking real. Like no bullshit with myself. Could not mm-hmm. lie to myself. I still find my, I can't, I can't lie to myself now. And a big um, sign for that is like, I mean, you would know a lot happens in my life in a week, like a lot shifts and changes. Yeah, no doubt. So when I see somebody who I might've not seen in like a little while and they ask me the question, so what's new? It almost like, I'm kind of like, where do I begin? (laughs) Fuck, where do I begin? But I find I can't lie about things. Like, I can't just be like, oh, heaps or, oh, not that much. Like, yeah, it's just this weird thing that I've been realizing lately where I'm like, there's this battle that goes on now. It's not even a battle, but there's this, like, conflict where I'm like, I don't owe everybody my truth. Like, I don't constantly have to just be like, and all of this. Mm. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, don't lie. You can't just say, like, you know. Mm. Say less. Yeah. You don't have to lie, but you don't have to say, say everything. You but there's this part of me that feels like I have to still justify and explain everything. Is that you trying to prove? Is that, is that like it's me a... trying to be understood. That's what it is. Because my whole life, I feel I constantly felt like I was misunderstood. And for so long, I was trying to get people to understand the real me. And I have now gotten myself to a place where I'm like, I don't know people's shit. Like, I really don't. But there will be pockets where 
I'm like, oh, I just I feel like I have to explain everything to you. And it's like, well, no, no you don't. Yeah. No, you fucking don't. Um, you don't a little bit. Yeah, that's about Yeah, so my hand. Um, <laughs> You're like camouflaged from the brick wall. <laughs> Where'd your hair go? It's just like <laughs> well, just a bald head. <laughs> anyway, back to. <laughs> this is what happens if we also have video and we can see ourselves on the screen. So, just for context, we've been we've been trying to upgrade our systems and we've got a we've got a laptop now we're looking at ourselves so if we're not looking at the camera it's because we're not used to looking at the screen <laughs> so next time we'll move the camera In there of, yeah. see he's learning yeah hey. or we could like pause it and do that right now and we're back <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we cut yeah everything else so. and don't have a third person but that's okay um yeah yeah so, um, there's something interesting that you kind of said about trying to prove it, prove things to other people and trying to be somebody else. Um, I came across this idea where it was like, when you have a desire and I don't really know what to do with it yet, but I'm just playing with the idea. So it's like, when you have a when you have a desire or you have a goal to like be somewhere, it's like you're making an agreement to yourself to be miserable until you reach that because it's as though to move and to act and to actually try and achieve anything you need to have some discomfort of where your existing position is mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's a bit like philosophical but it makes sense in my head it's like yeah anytime i want something is because there's some like underlying level of dissatisfaction with my existing condition and then i'm also like but but be in the moment and enjoy what is. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to resolve and maybe, maybe, I don't know, like anyone in the comments or has a, has found a good way to think through this. Like, do you have any idea on where, how to, how to frame your thinking to desire, well, maybe not desire, but work towards something, but also be content with where you're at now versus like having the desire and then dissatisfaction with your existence. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like when I think about it in the sense of it would depend on what it is that you're desiring, I guess. Like, is it a, is it a relationship? Like, is that what you desire so, so much is to be with somebody? It's like, okay, cool. That's fine. But like, why do you, like, why do you feel that, that having that somebody or when you get to that somebody, it's going to complete you? Like there's, that m- won't, yeah. yeah, you know, or if it's, you know, for example, I don't know, a new car, like that's really, really what you desire or a big house or, you know, fame or whatever it is. I always think it's where the intention behind the desire comes from. Like, is it an intention that you desire it because you want to stick it to someone that kind of didn't believe that you could have it? Or is it something that you truly, truly, truly desire? I think if it's something you truly, truly desire and it aligns with your values and who you are, then you'll do anything to get there. I don't think it would be miserable to get there because then maybe it's not aligning with everything you want. So my question to you is, do you actually have an example of what it is you're desiring? (laughs) Or is it like an overarching sort of, I mean, there's heaps of things I desire. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, 
part big, of me wants to be living in the US. Yeah. A part of me wants to be running big festivals. A part of me wants to be doing nothing and reading books. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I also think it's like that baseline um, level thing that we spoke about last week or whenever we spoke about it. Um, it's like, I think it's always okay to want more for yourself and always want better for yourself constantly. When does it end though? I don't know if it does, to be honest. See, this is the thing. If it never ends and you are trying, you are, you are in a state of dissatisfaction. If, if we generally believe or agree with, you know, this agreement to be in suffering until you achieve what you want or some form of suffering and it never ends, then are we destined to always be dis, like in some form of suffering and wanting or is there a way to change the frame so that you can move in a direction of growth without the, the attack? Maybe it's an attachment. Maybe it, it's attachment yeah. to what the outcome is. I think it's the attachment, again, based on the intention behind the desire, but also I think it's also the environment that you're in. Like, you know, if you're in an environment where everybody else is constantly chasing something as well, mm. then you're, you're conditioned to want more. Like, I feel like people in the Western world, it, it's just how it is. Like, it's very it's, individualistic. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if you're constantly surrounded by this constant need to have more, have more, have more, you're always going to want more. Yeah. You know, and I, I think you can find this state or our balance where it will be push and pull sometimes. Mm. I think you just have to be okay when you're in those moments of like, um, all right, I really want this. Yep, I'm going to have to grind really hard. But also being aware enough to be like, hang on, pause. Just mm. like pause for a second and not shit on yourself when you're in those moments of pause as well because you feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you have to be constantly going and going. Right now I feel like I'm in that place it looks on the outside like i'm doing so fucking much and i am but behind the scenes i'm spending so much of my time reading so much of my time studying so much of my time where in the past i'd be like this is a waste of time because this actually is not getting me anywhere right now when there's mm. a whole long list of things i could be doing yeah but i have found so much joy in these things that i'm learning about so it's not a waste of time for me because it's actually in, I'm in active pursuit of something I desire in five years' time. Yeah. I can't get there if I don't start fucking now. Yeah. So I know that I'm going through this dip where some other things are going to suffer in order for me to do X, Y, Z right now. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know no. if that answers your question. No, but. it kind of does. It, it does in a little bit, but um, I like where, you, where you're going with that and you made a good point about like the reading and learning. And I think... I really stress that the the moment I started reading books, it was, it was a very key point in, mm. in time. I finished uni and I came across Audible, which I didn't realize was a thing until <laughs> <laughs> until about 2015. Mm. Um, and I would try and read books, hard copy books, and get nowhere. And I'd be slow and it would take ages to get with, get any books. And I think... Now that as I know myself a bit more and I possibly have a genuine ADHD diagnosis, I 
um, it makes more sense because I could listen to an audiobook on 2x speed and it felt normal. <laughs> because that's where my brain's like ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need the speed to like keep me going. Can I ask you also, a the drugs. <laughs> That was a joke. You- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not medicated. <laughs> Do you think though that helps the cause? Like you're saying your brain has to work at that speed. It's because you're like now, like that's what it's expecting, right? No, nah, no. Nah, I'll push back on that because if it worked, it had plenty, I had plenty of time to try the other means. Yeah. And there's not net, like we're all different. We all approach things very differently mm-hmm. and there's, there's no one size fits all to this. Like it's more of a case of however it works for you, let it work. And yeah, maybe it, it adds to the anxiety and adds to the conversations in my head, but it actually more so goes into that. If I have to listen to this at 2x speed, I don't have any time in my brain to think about anything else because I have to be listening. Um, and also I noticed that, and I don't know if I like other people, but I have this ability to hear something in a context of a situation. And when I hear it again, I get taken back to that exact moment of where I was, mm-hmm. which is really weird because not everyone, not everyone feels that way. So, so for example, I'm listening to a podcast and, or a podcast or an audio book and I've lost my position and I'm scrolling through it. And then I get to the point where I like remember and I remember I hear it and then it flashes back to the exact frame of like my, my world when I heard it, yeah. which is cool. So I, it, it basically led me to think, okay, cool. I can, this is a tool now. And from 23 to now, I mean, it's a bit slow. It's, I haven't read as much as I would like to, but I've read about a hundred and something books now, which, which is, which is had a significant impact on the way I think. Yeah. And I, w- I want that. My goal is to have a book a week. I mean, I'm not doing it at the moment because I listen to podcasts and I fuck around and sometimes I'm really busy, but consistently I've done about a book a month mm-hmm. and some books I've read multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and that was one of the most impactful things I've done for my life. I ask that only because I constantly get told that same thing like for example i'm trying to learn a new language on the treadmill i'm combining two things at once because it's efficient for me it works for me it is a tool for me like it helps me get to wherever i need to be so yeah that's why that's why what so are you saying that you feel like you should be focusing specifically on yeah, like that one task and sitting that's there. it and only do that are you all, all i'll say is are you learning are you actually the way I'm learning? Doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Then who gives a fuck? Yeah. It, I don't care how you get there as long as you get there. Yeah. And anyone that anyone that is like focusing on you have to do it this way is literally missing the point. Mm-hmm. It's like do it however the fuck you want. But if you're in two years' time, you've clocked up hundred kilometers on the treadmill and you're fluent in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Bueno. <laughs> Muy bueno. <laughs> Por favor. <laughs> anyway. Yo necesito algo. No hable español, por favor. 
So our next podcast will be mainly in Spanish. That one time neither of us knows Spanish. Hey, I'm learning. Pero poquito español. What? What does that mean? That means a little bit of Spanish. See what I tell you. No idea. Anyway, but yeah. yeah um, I don't think it fucking matters. Mm, I really yeah. don't think it matters. Um, the and the other thing as well that I really like that Frank when I read about this idea, it kind of blew my mind on like a framing and and how important this is. Like, if if you're like my metric of success when I was like eighteen, it was like I want to be a billionaire. Like I want to you know CEOs. Like what are they doing? And yeah. blah 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 blah. Like yeah, it's a bit of a you know, it's a, it's a bit of a wank now, but like... <laughs> it's pomper, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but the point was that that's where I began. Yeah. And then I came across this idea that's like, what is what have you and, you know, the most successful people in the world got in common? Well, sorry, what are all the most successful people in the world have in common? They all read ridiculous amounts. So they've realized at some point that reading is fundamental to the success of them in their business, in their like family or whatever, in, in all aspects of their life. And these people are probably the most busiest people in existence. Like Elon Musk, he's fucking starting companies left, right and center, left, right and center. But he still reads huge amounts of information on a daily basis. Um, so then I kind of got to this like out this thought process of okay well if the only thing that is consistent across all of these successful people is that they absorb knowledge and they read or they you know listen to audiobooks whatever however they they absorb knowledge as quickly and as much as they possibly can then if I don't do that then I'm not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe I don't know if there's someone you guys know who has never read a book and is uber successful let me know (laughs) but i doubt it (laughs) yeah and i was like okay so this is where i need to begin and then that's where this idea of maybe like a book a a book a week has led to again not there yet would love to be there working on it Mm. it's that that's the goal um and then also you you say you've got a goal you want to do something you want to be somebody you need to train yourself to be the person that can then achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Like your head and your mind and the way you view the world needs to shift into that place of success before your body can follow. Catch up. Yeah. There's a really good book. Um, you, I think you'd really like it. It's called Into the Magic Shop. Um, it's by... Damn it, what is his name? Anyway, he, he's a neurosurgeon. Um, and it's basically like this beautiful story that is his story, but it's it's it, it's like a story book almost. Um, and he talks about how when he was a kid, he had a really hard upbringing and then he went into – a magic shop opened up in his small town and he loved magic. So he goes into this magic shop. Anyway, he meets this woman who throughout the whole time he gets to know her – what she's actually teaching him is the art of meditation, but she's calling it magic, right? So this little kid's like, holy shit, like I'm, I'm doing all this magic. I'm making things happen for myself. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's cute. Manifesting, you know, all these things. And How old was he? Uh, oh, 
young, like eight to about 13 or something. And then she ended up passing away, I'm pretty sure. Mm. But then um, everything he wanted in his life, he ended up getting. And she said to him, you've got to be very careful what, what you ask for because mm. you will receive it. Um, and so he asked to be like rich because he was poor. He asked, <laughs> um, he wanted to be a neurosurgeon because he wanted to help people. And he got all those things. I think he got married twice. Um, he had all this money and he nearly ended his life in a car accident because he got so stressed out with work and stuff and his marriage failing that he turned to alcohol and then got into a car accident and then realized in that moment what she actually meant when she said, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. But there is a part in that book where they t- he takes you through this meditation that she taught him about that exact thing. Like your body is the last thing to catch up. Yeah. Like, your mind and everything else has to feel it. And I think he used the example of like, if you want to drive a Range Rover, that's fine. If that's the car you want, but you need to be able to sit there and visualize yourself in the car with the seat warmers, with the, like holding the steering wheel. What does that feel like? Like that is the point of visualization that you need, you want to get to for these things to actually happen. Hmm. And after I read that book, I was like, wow, like that's really fucked up. Like how do you even begin to do that? Well, you got to you But no, I was going to say, like I've, I've started doing that. I mean, Range Rover might come one day. I don't know if it'd be a Range Rover. I've got a funny story right oh, okay. now. So you finish that okay. and then I'll tell you. Um, but there's little things, like other things in my life that have kind of started to happen that, you know, five years ago I wanted. Yeah. And now they're happening. Like it didn't happen in two weeks' time. It's taken five years to kind of ferment and then your seed got planted it started growing and now i'm walking through these doors that i wished open like once upon a time yeah so every time those moments happen i'm like wow (laughs) yeah i'm 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 in a similar boat i think there's two pieces to that the first one is like that idea of everything takes 10 years like it Mm. takes a long time Mm. um and then it ties into this thing that uh gary v always says where it's like being patient with your actions like if you can do it do it today move on it but move on it do it and let it go let it be and be patient with the results because um like he says that and then and then i've seen someone else like the naval naval says a similar thing where it's just like you've got to be patient with what like when things will happen but if you keep moving in the same direction or the direction you want to go the world is quite a complex system like things don't happen linearly people don't get like don't understand like knows at one time have possibly nothing to do with you but a plant a seed has been planted and then five years down the track you get this call randomly and you go ah and or some inconsequential thing pops up into this like very huge change another book i read was um ah shit what was his name i can't remember his name anyway it was uh one of like the steel billionaires I'll look it up, but um, he basically like he in his book has this like memoirs of his life and he basically would be like one of the key lessons to one of the chapters was you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what inconsequential chance meet or inconsequential thing in that moment that will occur will change your life. So I'm saying that a bit ridiculous, but um, basically this idea that you can, something can change your life and the moment it happens, you wouldn't think anything of it Yeah. at the time. And then yeah. a few years back, you look back and you see the thread, this like strange 
pathway that's led to this outcome and that outcome is huge but that's like the whole idea of you know when bad things happen and we label them as bad how do you know it's actually not a good thing in hindsight like you don't know it because you're in it and you're like this is the worst thing ever this is so fucking shit like breakups or whatever yeah. um businesses falling apart friendships breaking up like all of that but those things had to have happened for whatever was meant to come next to happen like and I think in the last year in particular, like asking myself that question, like, what would you do if you knew you had a year to live? It almost forced me also to do that exact thing and surrender to things. Like, I know I want something. I put it out there. I take the steps necessary to try and get there. And then it's gone. Like, I let go of the attachment. The Kenya thing was the perfect example. Like, what we're meant to go to Sri Lanka. Awesome. Got it. The world fucking decides to Not start today. a civil war in Sri Lanka. Not today. And I, I let it go. I didn't force it. I wasn't like, guys, like, look, can we please, please try to figure something out, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, you know what? If this is meant to happen for me at this moment in my life, it's going to fucking happen exactly how it's supposed to. And mm. <laughs> it literally did. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I don't know if we've, we've spoken about this in the podcast yet, but I come back to this quite a lot. Um, it's this Chinese proverb, and I'm going to read it out because okay. it's exactly this. Oh, I know the exact you know, one. We haven't spoken about this, we? have haven't, we? but I know what you're right. going to say. So I'm going to read a Chinese proverb that I came across. I don't know what it's called. I think there's a name for it, but it recently popped up in a podcast uh, that I was listening to, and I'd heard it a few times, and I was, was like, I love this, and I, I want to share it. So, And it's exactly about this... I don't, who knows why shit happens and who knows whether it's good or bad. Uh, so a farmer and his son had a beloved stallion who helped the family earn a living. One day a horse ran away from the neighbor and one day the horse ran away from the, and the neighbor exclaimed, your horse has run away. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few days later, the horse returned home, leading a few more wild mares back to the farm as well. The neighbors shouted, your horse has returned and brought several horses home with him. What a great luck. The farmer replies, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the mares and she threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. The villager cried, your son broke his leg. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, soldiers come from the National Army marching through town, recruiting all the able-bodied boys for the army. They did not take the farmer's son, still recovering from his injuries. Friends shouted, your boy is spared. What tremendous luck, to whom the farmer replied, maybe not, maybe so, we'll see. The moral of the story is, of course, there's no event, can, no event can be judged good or bad, lucky or unlucky, fortunate or unfortunate, so that time will tell the whole story. Additionally, no one really lives long enough to find out the whole story, so it could be considered a great waste of time to judge minor inconveniences, misfortunes, or invest tons of energy into things that look outstanding on the surface, but may not pay off in the end. The wiser thing then is to live in moderation, keep as even as a temperament as possible, taking all things in stride, whether they appear good or bad originally. Life is much more comfortable and comforting if we merely accept what we're given and make the best of life circumstances. Rather than always having to pass judgment on things and declare them as good or bad, it would be much better to just sit back and say, this would be interesting. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> uh, I've been... Um, I love that so much. It's so nice. And lately, I've been trying to reframe the weather as well. Like, you hear conversations, oh, the weather's shit today, or, you know, 
oh, it's too hot, or it's finally good weather, I can go and be happy. It's like, no, just be happy. <laughs> like, it's funny because, like, do you really need the weather to be happy? Like, I mean, there is, there is like, the, yeah, there the is so, seasonal yeah, 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 yeah. depression. But if you're only going to rely on that and only that... Get a red like, light. <laughs> Seriously, get a red light. <laughs> get a red light. <laughs> Don't be kidding. Um, yeah, I think, I think that... I can't remember the exact line in there, but the, the moderation part that he says... I think that last bit was just like someone's interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- that, that is basically the perfect summarization. And the one-liner that just gets everyone, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is exactly the lesson that I've learned this year. Like, it is what it is and what will be, will be. And I think we, for me, learning to have that detachment from things. And I honestly grew up thinking detachment and disassociation were the same thing. Yeah, no, they're not. Very good at disassociation. Never very good at detachment. Mm. Um, well, I think detachment is feeling what you're feeling in that moment, but having that like center self that is not part of that whole roller coaster of experience. So you, you're it's going. They're not judging. Yeah. Like, oh wow! Look at that. I'm feeling sadness. Oh my! But what is sadness? Sadness is is this this feeling in my gut and this fogginess in my head and this like frog in my throat. Interesting. That's what sadness is. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. It's really oh. it's really funny. So there's this little kid in my life who I've watched him grow up, and I sometimes watch the cartoons that he watches when I'm at his house, and he'll always watch um, things that explain emotions, like. I am happy and like and then they explain like why are you happy and then he recites it right in in life now like he's he's four and a half years old and um his mom does a really good job of actually helping him understand his emotions so when he's angry at something she'll literally ask him she's like what are you feeling right now and he'll be like I'm angry and she'll be like, what does that feel like? And he's like, I just want to punch stuff. <laughs> She's like, well, you know. What does that feel like? Yeah. yeah. But do you know what? Like, what I noticed that she does is, like, she keeps asking why till she gets to the source, but in a non-judgmental way. Like, it's just like. But it's just a sensation yeah, source. And yeah. This is, a meta- this is what I learned in the Vipassana. It's like, it's all just sensation. Yeah. And then the sensation leads to attachment and a story. And it forms a memory. And it forms a memory. Yeah. And. That's it. But you get to the core of it. This this mom, this is like, this is a good mom. <laughs> like, holy she shit. She would be an elite oh my God. podcast guest. I, she does a whole bunch of other yeah, things yeah, as well. well like, we'll, we'll I feel like, so she was the one that said that thing to me last night about when you're too busy, like being something else and you're not actually being. I was just like, damn it, Lena. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to have a mom <laughs> like that? <laughs> Sorry, mom, I love you, but. <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, no, I love my mom. So. Yeah, same. um yeah by the way going back that the steel billionaire guy his name was andrew carnegie that's oh yeah yeah, so so i've been making an effort recently to add books that aren't necessarily self-help books from people who want to make money from the self-help book so any self-help book or book that i'm reading now it's like trying to move into like the fundamentals of a topic so like you know, you want to listen, you want to learn about biology, you, you go to Charles Darwin's The Origin of Species, for example. Yeah. You want to learn about physics, you go to Richard Feynman. You want to learn about, you know, you, you get what I mean? You want you go to the basics. And then if you want to learn about business people and you want to learn about successful people, go to the books from people who were already rich before they started writing the book. So 
Andrew Carnegie's biography is one of them. There's another one called Titan, which is, um, oh, who's it by? It's by... If you want to know what I'm reading at the moment, I'm reading about the Kabbalah. I don't know what that is. And the Quran. Oh, see. Literally. This is fun. John D. Rockefeller. So there's oh, another one. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. An autobiography of Henry Ford. There's another one called uh, How to Get Rich, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. By Napoleon. Uh, no. Napoleon Hill? By Felix Dennis. Oh, okay. So Felix Dennis was a. Um, the guy who started Maxim magazine in England. And by the time he retired, he was like worth half a billion dollars. And then he wrote this book about his experiences and what he learned. And yeah, it's a bit clickbaity, but like fundamentally there's some brilliant things on there. And yeah, so trying to learn from books from people who didn't care about making any money from the book. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my TED talk. And that's all we have time for today. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. One final thing. When we were talking about the manifesting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Range Rover. I saw you were Range Rover. <laughs> I was like, what? So I was like, I want to I wanna fly first class so I can feel what it's like to be the person who flies first class. And then, and then I'll be able to learn, you know, be able to make money to, you know, fly first class. I'm not quite there yet because... It's quite expensive to fly first class, but I'm working on it and I'm, I've got like 700,000 Qantas points and we're getting close. I need like 2 mil, I think, or 1.5, but it's unrelated. It's not unrelated, but it's, it's not the story. Um, so with that logic, I was like, I need to feel what it's like. If I want to drive a Range Rover, I need to feel what it's like to drive a Range Rover. So I walked into Range Rover. <laughs> and pretended like I was going to buy a Range Rover and I was like yeah so I'm uh, just looking to get a Range Rover and as like a business expense one of the business cars here's my details yeah come uh I'm, I'm really interested could you please let me know like I just played the whole fucking spiel the spiel um and then I'm like can we try it can we just try test drive this one and he's like yeah sure we'll test drive it and then I test drove this like $250,000 Range Rover and I got in the car, drove it around for like 45 minutes, and I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not doing what I thought it would do. And now I don't want a Range Rover. <laughs> so it went the wrong direction. Oh my god. That's I didn't even know where that story was going to go. I'm I was like, did you buy a Range Rover? Did like, regret it? Or? No, no, no. I was like, driving this thing, I'm like, it's not even much more comfortable than my $15,000 fucking Holden. <laughs> this has failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Now you know. Now I know. I don't want a Range Rover. But You've just saved yourself $250,000. Now you can fly, fly first class. <laughs> the Tesla though. Holy shit. Oh, okay. Have you ever driven a Tesla? No. I've driven in one. Drive one. I it's like a little one. rocket ship. Who fucking knows what's going on there? But it's, it's unbelievable. That that I do want to get now. Right. So, so we're manifesting a Tesla for you. Yeah. Well, I've got a, I've got a system. So the system is... Because cars are depreciating, um, either having it be no more than 10% of your yearly earnings, mm-hmm. like what, buy whatever car you want, as long as it's within 10% of your yearly earnings, or 5% of your total net worth. So that's leading me to go, led me to go, okay, if I want one of those, you know, suicide door, like, one, you know the ones with the, yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to 
Elon Musk, if you want to <laughs> sponsor the podcast and send us a Tesla, it'd be great. <laughs> I'd like to go to space as well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just whatever you need, man. We're, we're here to help. Um, but yeah, so so it's like, all right, cool. That means I need to be earning $2 million a year in profit somehow or be worth $4 million. And like those numbers right now are like... But see that, yeah. So that's a plan set in mode like that's a plan right yeah. people don't even get to that stage where they've sat actually sat down and worked yeah. out okay if i actually truly do want this this is what i would have to accomplish well not have to but if i want to do it within this framework yeah exactly and this framework has come up as a it makes sense as like don't overcapitalize on yeah, something yeah. like a car when it depreciates but enjoy it for what it is and so that okay no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, sometimes when I hear people, like, being like, oh, I just want to manifest, you know, a million dollars in my bank account and I want to manifest a nice house and whatever, then they don't do anything. And I'm like, manifesting is just wishful thinking then. Hmm. That's all it is. Unless it's like manifestation is like step one, then it's visualization, which is actually sitting there visualizing, you know, how it would feel to have these things and whatnot. Then it's the action piece. Like doing the plan, putting little things in motion to actually try and get there. And fine, if you get halfway through and go, oh, I actually don't even fucking want this. Yeah. I don't want a $250,000 Range Rover. Well, now you know. Congratulations. Yeah. Now start again and decide what is it that you actually want to manifest. But you're not starting again. Well, yeah. Because yeah. You've, you've, you've learned. Yeah. There was that saying, there was that thing, I think it was like Einstein said something along the lines of like, it's not 10,000 mistakes, it's 10,000 like steps closer to the yeah, right answer yeah so so again i think i butchered that but you get the gist <laughs> um yeah no i i agree yeah yeah the, i think the key thing is yeah manifest all for it but it needs to be like that manifestation needs to be the the start of using the energy in your body to then move in the direction to get what you want because mm-hmm. if you don't yeah it's just wishful thinking I actually had this conversation with someone this morning as well about um, like abundance and I've never understood it. I've never understood it because I never believed in it. And lately I have been really, really, it's like one of the biggest things I'm working on, like trying to make myself believe that abundance is a legitimate thing. (laughs) I've watched it happen. I literally have it on camera. (laughs) Um, And... For me, it always comes down to money. Like a lot of the things that I tell myself I want but don't end up doing is because money is the block. Like I don't mm. have the money to go and travel for like a year and not have to ever work on anything, right? And it's so funny because lately I've been doing these little steps, whether it is learning, like busting my ass to learn things from people who have done it before me, who are in the middle of doing it, surrounding myself with people who are just in the thick of it. So I've shifted and changed my environment now. Um, And also like practicing, like doing it, doing the work, whether it is learning how to trade, whether it is learning about investments, whether it is. And I never did any of those things because when I was younger, I actually thought I was too stupid to do it because Mm. maths just wasn't my forte. And my, my brother is the science and math said I was the creative English person. So no one ever believed that I could do numbers. Yeah. And I affiliated obviously money with numbers and immediately put it into this box where I was like, I'm too dumb. Mm. I'm just going to be naive about it all. I don't care about it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. 
And so I was saying to my friend this morning, I'm like, I've seen it now. I can't unsee what I've seen. Mm. I've seen how easy it is to make money. I've seen how I could do it as well because I'm starting to do it. So now I sat there the other week and I wrote down a a list of 179 things. It's a long list. It was a bucket list. Yeah. Of all the things that I'm going to do. Yeah, you mentioned this. Yeah. And every single thing on it is like, there's no way in hell I'm not going to do any of these. Uh, Like, I'm going to miss a single one of these. I can actually now do all these things. There's, um, have you heard of like Warren Buffett's 25-5 rule? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know much of it. Or just basically like pick the top 25 things you want to do and then pick five of them to work on at any one time and only five. <laughs> no, I would want to So you're going to have to scale that and pick the top five. <laughs> the top five the... are the like... The what big... are the top five? Let's talk about it. <clears throat> um, I think I mentioned it last time. The top, uh, so... Skydiving. Skydiving the Himalayas, meditate on the ice in Antarctica... Um, so meditate on the meditate ice. on the ice. Why? <laughs> Just because it's a cool thing, and I've always wanted. Like Antarctica has always been like a a thing, and obviously it's. I'd go to Antarctica. Do you want to go with me? I'd be down to go to Antarctica. Okay. I'm just saying that as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Cold plunge in Antarctica. Like, how sick is that? I feel like I might die. <laughs> just bring the red light. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember. Uh, I do have the list, actually. Get our podcast. Uh... That is on there. Is it? Monetize the podcast is on there. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember what top five were. No, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, lot. come back to us next week for There's the top five. Um, but, so the point I was going to say is um, the last time I did something like that where I actually sat, so this is literally what I did. I sat there, I wrote it all in a book, I cut out pictures that visualized each of the things, yeah. stuck it in this book, hand wrote everything. Um, and as I was doing it, I was like, I'm 27 and I'm basically scrapbooking <laughs> right now. I've spent a whole weekend fucking scrapbooking. But then I, as I was doing it, I was like, I've done this before and i remember 20 years prior literally i was seven years old i did the exact same thing with my little green folder sitting there writing all the things that i was going to do and i believed it so hard at seven years old that i was going to do all these things and have you done them i've i've done a lot of them see well 40 year old you will be like still in this podcast like and then <laughs> i was 27 jeez i hope we're not aging that terribly <laughs> i mean we should uh we should wrap it today. up and another episode of that one time podcast that one time yoga saved my life and we need to look up if you guys are enjoying these and you want to hear there are topics that you want us to like discuss and talk about let us know because this is a conversational obviously podcast um a very curiously conversational podcast i don't know where you're going with that but I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell us what you think. Like, we want to actually hear the feedback of yeah. what you think about these episodes. Awesome. See you very soon. Bye. Bye.